My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. This week, we're going to talk about the Ten Commandments of Brunch, Beard Maintenance, and Painkillers. I live a somewhat blessed life. My health is reasonable for someone who hardly works out. My dog never has accidents inside the house, and I even have a decent golf swing. But where I find myself being the top of the crop physically has nothing to do with the six-pack I don't have or my incredible lack of a jawline. No, where I make my money is with my beard. I first grew a beard during the Detroit Red Wings playoff run, and I even won an award for it as being the best playoff beard in northern Michigan. Years following, I never really grew it out that often. A month of laziness here, a ski season there, but it wasn't something that was a defined attribute of mine. But over the last couple years, I've decided to grow it out. Maybe it's because I moved and my jawline somehow became even less noticeable because of all the Tex-Mex I started eating, or maybe it just fit my aesthetic as an insufferable millennial blogger at the time. These days though, my beard is probably my most recognizable physical attribute. Blessed, yes, but there's also more to it too. For anyone attempting to grow a beard, these are the necessary steps you have to take in order to make sure you do it correctly. The first is to give it time. Time is your friend. Whether you have a ton of facial hair or spotty patches here and there, time is absolutely essential in the beginning stages. Will it get itchy about two weeks in? Absolutely, but it goes away. I promise. Does it look terrible for the first three to four weeks? Yes, so choose a time wisely. Most importantly, does it give you a canvas for someone to work with when you need to get a beard trim? Without a doubt. I commend anyone who takes full care of their beard on their own. That's impressive and I can't do it. I'm not so brave. Once every two weeks, I go to my hairdresser and she trims mine up for me. It costs me about $15, but it assures me the consistency and steady hand that my beard needs. I know this isn't necessarily in everyone's budget, but it's definitely the most simple way to look like you know what you're doing. Without her, I probably wouldn't grow a beard year-round. Additionally, it's all about grooming once your hairdresser sets you up for success. First and foremost, you have to have a good grasp on where to trim it up. You don't want whiskers falling on your top lip or a neck beard that outweighs your actual beard, but you also want to avoid over manicuring it altogether. It's just a bad look. Trim up the cheek line, shave your neckline only before first dates and weddings, and take care of the stray hairs that your beard trimmer may have missed. If you can handle those tasks, you'll set yourself up for success. And finally, it's all about grooming yourself once you get out of the shower. I keep a few products on hand that I use weekly to ensure my beard remains soft, smells nice, and looks clean. I'm not sure whether or not I should use the same shampoo I use in my hair, but I wash my beard a couple times a week with Kiehl's Amino Acid Shampoo. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't doing it for anything else other than for it to smell good, but there are obviously other benefits as well. I also use a Le Labo beard oil before getting out and attending a formal event. Not only does it give my beard a nice sheen, but it makes it look fuller in addition to treating the skin underneath. While your skin may dry out a bit after growing your beard, the oil will definitely help keep the flakes at bay, if only for a night. And if all else fails, there's nothing wrong with just shaving every day either. I plan on doing just that when I finally decide to get in shape and recoup my jawline. When you're constantly on the go, grinding away at the office or hanging out with friends, there's not much time to think about upgrading your style or your apartment. That's why I love getting a new box of awesome every single month from Bespoke Post. These guys are out scouting for quality and unique products to send in each box. Now you can experience it too at boxofawesome.com. 
As for me, my most recent box was filled with a bunch of desk accessories for my home office, a weekly planner, a leather pad for my laptop, and probably the nicest pen I've ever owned. To get started, visit boxofawesome.com and answer a few questions that will help them get a feel for the boxes that'll best go with your style. Whether you're in search of the perfect drink, a well-kept pad, or jet setting in style, Bespoke Post improves your life one box at a time. Each box goes for under 50 bucks, and that's more than $70 worth of unique gear waiting inside for you. The first of each month, you'll receive an email with your box details, and you'll have five days to change colors or sizes or add extra goods to your box. If you're not feeling that month's box, just simply skip it. From barrel aging kits to limited edition cigars, weekender bags to classy dop kits, Bespoke Post offers essential goods and guidance for the modern man. To receive 20% off your first subscription box, go to boxofawesome.com and enter code SCARIES at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code SCARIES for 20% off of your first box. Bespoke Post, themed boxes for guys that give a damn. Also, you spend about 90% of your life in your underwear, so don't you think you owe it to yourself to make sure you're wearing the softest undies in town? That's why I only wear me undies. I can say without a doubt that MeUndies are the softest underwear I've ever owned. It's not often I endorse a product that I use on a daily basis, but with MeUndies, I do just that. Not only are these soft, but they're also made for both men and women. Men can now try the new boxer brief with a fly, which is the same great cut as the original boxer brief, but now with an added option for guys who prefer to go through the gate versus over the fence. MeUndies is also the go-to for the softest lounge on the planet. You can even spend your Sunday hanging out in their super comfy lounge pants and onesies. Yes, MeUndies makes onesies, and yes, they're incredible. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, when you go to MeUndies, you can get 15% off and free shipping. To get your 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com scaries. That's MeUndies.com scaries for 15% off. And yes, you can find that in the description of this very episode. An admission, I rarely attend brunch these days. Well, at least what we've come to know is brunch. Those decadent entrees of eggs benedict and chicken and waffles that barely fit on a table full of waters, coffees, bloodies, and mimosas. But about four years ago, brunch was pretty much everything to me. I looked forward to it more than happy hour, more than going out late into the weekend nights. Unfortunately, time remains undefeated, and I spend most of my weekend mornings watching soccer and slowly sipping coffee on my couch. The younger generation can have my reservations, and I should probably save my first drink of the day until after 2 p.m. at this point if I want to be functional the next day. But through my years of enduring the 11 a.m. crowds at restaurants filled with neon signs created solely for Instagram stories, I learned a few things. These are the Ten Commandments of Brunch. First, thou shalt make a reservation. As high maintenance as it sounds, it becomes absolutely essential when you live in a major city. The absolute last thing your hangover needs is an hour-long wait, cramped in the confines of a restaurant entrance while a bunch of brunch goers pile in smelling like booze and sex. Does this take prior planning? Yes. Do you need a designated responsible friend to take matters in their own hands and be the mom of the group? Of course. Does this take more than a small amount of research on open table? No. Do the right thing and make a reservation on Friday afternoon when you've got nothing else going on at the office anyway. The second, thou shall be on time. Punctuality is close to godliness, especially when the first commandment has been followed. While a no-show commands that a particular friend is put on brunch probation, tardiness cannot be tolerated when the straits are this dire. Issues that can arise include, but are not limited to, 
not being seated until your entire party has arrived, having to send several texts that say, seriously, where the hell are you? And a last resort, having to cancel plans altogether when your less than responsible friends decide to sleep in rather than shampoo in some bloodies. Third, thou shall shower prior to attending. At its core, brunch is generally kind of a mess. Everyone feels like a mess, the restaurant turns into a mess, and your insides become a mess after you bombard them with every craving in sight. While the table is littered with three drinks per person, you know, the water, coffee, and booze, you must have a united front of cleanliness on the outside. Yes, you can wear anything from a carefully curated outfit to athleisure, but showing up with pillow creases on your face and booze breath is out of the question as you run the risk of giving your friends secondhand anxiety due to your carelessness. Number four, thou shall make it Instagrammable. I know, I know, it's absolutely insufferable. The main reason you go to brunch is to heal the wounds from the night prior. Secondly, it's to be social and recap went down after everyone turned the lights off at the third bar last night. But most importantly, it's a vessel for showing others that you're better and more productive than they are. Peeling yourself out of bed is something that should be commended and recognized to your 500 followers. A generic post of a mimosa next to a succulent is better than no post at all. Fifth, never brunch before 10.30 and never after 2 p.m. If it's before 10.30, it's breakfast. If it's after 2 o'clock, you're too deep into lunch to justify ordering anything with eggs as its base. You can argue endlessly about what time frame brunch is actually supposed to fall into, but the sweet spot exists somewhere in the aforementioned time frame. The earlier you book your resi, the more likely it is to fall apart. And the later you book, the more likely it is to turn into an all-day, all-night bender. Which isn't really a bad thing, I guess. Number six, respect thy waiter. They hate their lives almost as much as you did when you woke up and saw that you had an unreturned text from your ex after midnight. If you think being a waiter is tough in the first place, which it is, imagine being a waiter in a restaurant where your prime clientele is a bunch of yuppie scum whose brains are functioning at about 25%. Brunch waiters work harder than any other waiters out there. They can't just set a bottle of wine down on the table and let you pour it for yourself like at a nice dinner. No, they have to be at your beck and call as you attempt to find any and all coping mechanisms to cure your hangover. Seventh, thou shall make post-brunch accommodations on Saturday. Saturday brunch is a different beast than Sunday brunch, you know, outside of NFL Sundays. On Sundays, your intention should be to cure your hangover. On Saturdays, though, your intentions should be to get out of the house and stay out of the house. Whether you go to a wine bar or beer garden immediately following your eggs benedict, it's essential that you have something in mind before the check comes and you think to yourself, so are we just all going to go home? Because when it's Saturday, anything is better than going home. Number eight, thou shall go directly home after Sunday brunch. If I've learned anything from going to brunch with a make your own Bloody Mary bar, it's that bloodies cause me to default to nap mode. And if I've also learned anything from ingesting entire craft of mimosas, it's that it makes me want to turn into Leo from the day party scene of the Wolf of Wall Street. The absolute last thing my Monday needs is a dreaded Sunday fun day hangover because I let brunch give me the false confidence that I can still go hard. Frankly, I can't. Number nine, thou shalt split the bill evenly. As I previously stated, everyone's brains are that of a lumpy bowl of oatmeal. If the group text is over four people, it's a law that everyone throws in their chase sapphires and splits it evenly despite Monica only having a side salad and Trevor pounding two entrees. That's the cost you incur when you accept the invite. They say you can't put a price on a hangover cure, but you can. It's about $30, so make the most out of that mimosa carafe that the rest of the table's drinking from. And finally, number 10. You've heard me say this one before on the rules of Sunday drinking, but thou shall not order shots. Shots are the straw that will break the camel's back. 
I've stated before in the Ten Commandments of Day Drinking that shots will cause your day to spiral, and this holds true when it comes to brunching as well. Anyone who thinks this is a good idea either didn't go hard enough the night before, or just doesn't get hangovers. Neither of those people are people you should be friends with. You know, unless they made the reservation because everyone else in your group is too big of a mess to do it themselves. We were vacationing in Sanibel Island on the Florida Gulf Coast. It was the middle of summer, and if you know Florida well, or if you don't know it at all, you can probably assume it's quite hot during those summer months. Unsure of what to cool off with by the pool, we decided to go with something somewhat off the beaten path. Painkillers. No, not the pill form, but the drink. While I'm not always a fan of pina coladas, I did want something with a bit of coconut in it. When the idea was tossed out there, it made total sense. See, I don't always love to indulge in drinks with this much sugar in them, but I have my exceptions. When I'm on vacation, when it's too hot to tolerate being outside, or both. This particular scenario was obviously the latter. A quick run to the liquor store yielded all the ingredients we needed. Dark rum, creme de coconut, orange juice, and nutmeg. If you haven't heard of a painkiller, you're not alone. I'm actually shocked by how few people are familiar with them in favor of some more traditional summer drinks or tiki drinks like an Aperol Spritz or traditional pina colada. I urge you to move this cocktail to the top of your list this summer, no matter the weather. Painkillers originated in the 1970s by Daphne Henderson at the Soggy Dollar Bar in White Bay on the island of Jos Van Dyke in the British Virgin Islands. The reason it's called the Soggy Dollar is because you can't actually get to the bar or island without hopping in the water and swimming there, thus getting your money wet, or soggy. The drink now, though, is actually trademarked by Pusser's Rum as their signature cocktail. While I've only had it with Pusser's once, it most definitely does not require it. I'd suggest using any higher-end dark rum, you know, for hangover purposes. I prefer Myers or Havana Club. Making the drink is actually fairly simple. You put in the rum, and then you do four parts pineapple juice, one part creme of coconut, and one part orange juice, shaken and served over the rocks with a bunch of fresh nutmeg on top. But if it's really hot outside, don't be afraid to throw all these ingredients into a big blender and make a large batch to serve in mass quantities. And if you're actually having one where they originated in Jos van Dyke, I'd also suggest heading to the other side of the island and going to Foxy's. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter, which is at SundayScaries, and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scaries. Or you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at WillDeFreeze. And remember... Always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.